Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. This podcast exists because we want you to win. And what is leverage, you ask? Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively, whether you're a singer, a songwriter, whether you're an indie artist. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. That piece of work right there, which is genius, was set up by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you Turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then once you get past that, he'll set you up and connect you with the pros. You can't do any better. So uh, you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm excited. I'm talking about connecting with the pros. That is what we're all about. Yeah, today. we got one now. <laughs> we got one now. This is a killer show. Uh, we have uh, the, the honor and the pleasure and the excitement of, of having a current voice contestant on our podcast, like right when he's in the middle of it, in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. We've got Wilkes on the line with us. Wilkes, say hello. Hello. <laughs> well, hey, uh, before we get into that real quick, guys, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to get in depth here with Wilkes and just talk about his journey and, and, and what got him to the voice and, and the work that he's put into it. But, but before we do that, we want to talk about uh, remind you to share this content, this information. If you think it's valuable, if you think it's helping you, it'll certainly help somebody else. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so already. Just go to Facebook, search for the Climb community ask to be let in. We let everybody in, but if you are bad boys and girls, we will roadhouse you. So behave and Uh add value to the community. We're very serious about that. Uh, Please leave a rating and review. It helps us look legit for everybody that's just kind of sticking their toe in the water with the podcast and we'll read it on the air. We'll make you famous. And lastly, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. It goes automatically into your podcast player. You don't have to think about nothing. Just wake up on Tuesday and and get the get your brain filled with knowledge. So, hey Johnny, and we got to be sure and talk about the Climb Conference, which is coming up soon. I'm stoked about this. Tell them about it. All right, so we got Cinco de Mayo weekend, weekend of May 5th. We're going to be uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, having the first ever Climb Conference. We're going to try and help you create leverage in your music business. We're going to be joined by Chris Oglesby, who's uh, BMG Music in Nashville. So publisher supreme and also uh we're going to be joined by shelby kennedy who manages the TuneCore office in nashville and so he knows a lot about digital distribution and basically what's going on in the new music business and then of course johnny you and i are going to be there we're going to do some coaching while we're out there we're going to do maybe even do a climb live episode out there and just trying to drop some knowledge and drop just carpet bomb them with value bombs I'm just thinking about how many questions that we can answer for anybody that wants to be in attendance to this conference during that 
during that short period? Like every question you have, I think we got the whole team to answer it, you know? I know. I'm, I'm stoked about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to hang out with them. I don't know Shelby yet. I know Chris pretty well. Of course, know you way more than I probably should. And um, <laughs> then you want to, that's for you sure. Know. <laughs> This more than you should, more than you want to. <laughs> exactly. Still so I, I got to tell you something. I, I, I got to tell you something really quick about the client conference. So I get a call from Gordon Brown, who is um, uh, one half of the one of my artist duos, mm-hmm. Williams Honor. That uh, mm-hmm. they hit number twenty-seven in the charts. They're one of the five artists we had in the charts at the same time last year. And Gordon's been in and out of I think three or four different record deals. Uh, was was you know. Uh, rocker guy back in the 90s stuff like that he knows oglesby he's like he uh, called to congratulate like, dude you're doing a conference like i didn't even know about this is so crazy oglesby was my guy that was my guy like i love oglesby like he was just going crazy about him so that was really cool yeah, man. Just to have your artist call you up and that that's cool and chris man he he was a guy that like helped get luke laird his first publishing deal he he helped i mean there's so many people that i think barry dean uh, was one of the guys that chris um uh, kind of help bring up and sign. And I mean, he's, he's got an eye for talent and some of his writers that he's, you know, put his thumbprint on have just blown up and just gotten tons of number one. So it's gonna be really cool to have him out there. And he's a good dude too. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm excited to hang with him and get the, I get a little common ground with him. Now I can deepen that relationship a little bit, which I'm stoked about. So, yep. So people can go to the climbconference.com, the climbconference.com. Dot com. You can get your uh, registration, get you all set up, get all the details, and then we'll actually see you at the top because I imagine the elevation there is pretty high. So yeah. actually, might <laughs> really see you at the top. That's awesome. Why don't you start this off, Brent? Like uh, you, you've got a, the closest relationship here with the with, with uh, Mr. Wilkes. That's right. Yeah, I met uh, Jason a couple of years ago. A mutual friend of ours, Chad Green, uh, who's you know in the publishing business. If you've listened to the climb, you've you've heard his name drop several times in glowing terms. But uh, Chad and I were talking. He's like, "Hey," and I was looking for like I'm a lyricist, so I was like, "I need somebody that has got the rest of the stuff, which is a lot of the stuff." And he's like, "I got a guy, Jason Wilkes. He's been he's been driving up from Georgia. You know, he's he's a great singer, songwriter, producer, artist, all this stuff." And so he ended up connecting us and we wrote, uh, have written for a few years now, written several songs, only been in the same room together like twice, but we've written a bunch of songs together over text, over emails, uh, over time. So, uh, and then when this happened, he also, he has a publishing deal with Dan Hodges music. Uh, Dan is also, you probably heard us mention him on the podcast as well. I've done some stuff, uh, some work with Dan and, uh, but now yeah, Jason, uh, Wilkes is on the voice and, uh, killing it. And yeah, he's on T Blake. So why don't you come on in Wilkes and, and we'll start peppering you with questions and you can duck as they come at you. All right. Hit me as you please. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start with the backstory. I mean, I think that it's, um, we have a tendency, this is the, what the survival ship, the survivorship bias, Brent, uh, where mm-hmm. we see somebody, uh, you know, on TV, they've made it to a certain spot that's enviable that uh, we, we want to be there. And we think like it all just happened with one phone call or whatever, but the reality is, and, and I think this is different than other um, talent television show contestants 
because um, there's a lot of them who kind of get that luck happening very early, maybe in their life, in their journey, in their artistic journey. And they're not really prepared to handle it in the sense of they're not very sure of who they are as artists. And uh, to your credit, Wilkes, you know exactly what you're doing. Can you just give us a little background on, on how long has this road been for you to, to lead to here? Yeah, it's, uh, well, so far professionally, uh, it's been about 17 years, um, going on 18. Um, I started obviously like, like most people who are, um, are artists or singers started singing when I was little, the whole typical backstory thing, singing at church and all that. But, um, I joined a band in 2001 called high flight society as the lead singer and, uh, just some friends of mine from Cedar, Cedartown, Georgia. We kind of, um, started just started playing music together and so we took it kind of seriously but you know not incredibly seriously at first but after a few months realized there was a little bit of magic there so we dove head first and uh ended up going through over a 12-year period went through three record labels uh three record deals that is a whole another story of why those didn't work out why those didn't pan out the right way um it was like honestly it was a fantastic 12 years but um, we definitely lived in the trenches and paid 12 years worth of dues to put it lightly. So had a blast, but it was pretty rough. And then, um, I did a stint, um, as the bass player of a band called Disciple for about three years that I, I hooked up with that band while High Flight was on tour with Disciple. So I was in that band for three years. I did a little bit of, um, High Flight was the backing band for my buddy Sam Hunt that I grew up with for a couple years in between. So, Long story short, I've been all over the map for a good 17 years and had a few ups, lots of downs, lots of paying dues, lots of living in a ditch. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's taught me, I would say quickly, but not so quickly, um, exactly who I am as an, as an artist and what to embrace and what to not embrace and all that stuff. So it's been a minute that I've been doing this thing. <laughs> For sure. I, I have a quick question. Can you just expand a little bit on that? I think you touched on something really important. What, what are, what's an example or two of things that you learned to embrace from this rocky road and some things that you learned to, to, to not embrace, to throw away? Oh, well, the main, the main thing, honestly, um, it's a little unexpected to people usually because um, it has nothing to do with music. Um, musically I'll accept whatever feels good, but, um, my personality has, has been the main, the main hurdle for me, literally my whole life for 33 years, I've been jumping over my personality constantly to try to get to things. But the 17 years I've had in the music industry, that's been the one thing I've struggled with the most. And that I've even honestly, fairly as of late have decided to fully embrace it. And that is because if you'd like for instance, if you didn't notice when the show started, it took me a minute to say anything because I have to be, I kind of have to be engaged to talk. Like I don't feel, I'm more comfortable behind a guitar and behind a microphone than I am just saying words. And typically the front man of a rock band or the, you know, the, the guy that has my kind of persona musically is the kind of guy that comes out on the stage and screams the name of the city and that he's in and just kind of dominates the world. And that's, that's not me at all. So I went through a lot of years struggling to try to make myself be that type of entertainer. Cause I was like, 
like I, I can do all the stuff. I, I don't have the personality to be an entertainer. So I have to find it within me to be that guy. And then eventually I just realized like, I'm, I'm not that guy at all. I'm a really standoffish blend in with a wallpaper kind of guy. And I've learned to embrace it, which actually has turned out to be um, one of my advantages on the, sh- the show so far is the fact that I don't have a personality like everybody else on there. So it's began to work in my favor, but it took a very long time to embrace, to embrace that side of me. And it took a, yeah, it took a lot of years and a lot of dishes. That's fascinating. So, so you're introverted. Absolutely. <laughs> you're like, you're like the poster child for introverts. I've hung out with you. Go ahead. I literally had a job. I got a job at a church um, as a worship leader a few years ago. The first thing the pastor did is uh, ran personality tests on everybody. And when they pulled everybody's up, they would be like, wow, this person, you're pretty introverted to be doing this. And the little eye chart thing would be like oh, yeah. 60% up. And they pulled mine out. And it literally came out of the top of the bar. Like, <laughs> all <laughs> All of the other ones were like 10%. So what I'm going to take from this, and, and it's something that, you know, we certainly preach on the podcast here is authenticity. Like you, if, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me if I'm wrong, Wilkes, but if, I, I feel like what you're saying is I just embraced my authenticity. I embraced who I was instead of trying to change it and be what I thought I was supposed to be. I'm just going to be myself and they're going to love it or hate it. I can please everybody. Yeah. Right. That's a, yeah, that's a, exactly right. Yeah. I don't, if I don't, if I don't feel comfortable on stage and people don't think that I feel comfortable, they're going to feel uncomfortable. And the way that I am, if I'm trying to be something other than myself, it makes me very uncomfortable. So the, the, the trade off is I do kind of become another person when I get on stage, I kind of have that syndrome to where I can be, I can be a little bit of somebody on stage that I'm not one-on-one, but it's still not the super charismatic kind of guy that most people would expect me to be. But I've fully, yeah, fully embraced authenticity. And ever since I have, it's been not only less pressure on me, but people, people are more entertained by my authenticity because it's, it's honestly kind of strange. The <laughs> things that I say in the way I act on stage. So, Fully embrace the weirdness and it works. Well, I would think also just as a matter of protecting your energy, you know, trying to be something that's radically different from what you are, is just exhausting. How much does that leave for the rest of your creative energy? Because obviously you're not afraid of work and you're not afraid of grind. You're not afraid to get uncomfortable doing the work because you've been on the road so long. And I've seen, you know, I've seen the results of you working in the studio at your house and all that stuff. So obviously you're not afraid of work, but there is, a thing about protecting your energy, which I imagine this has enabled you to do more because you're not wasting it in something that's not really productive anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's just the way, the way your brain works as a musician, especially the kind that I am. I'm like, when I walk around, I get very easily distracted by noises. Like if a tree makes a certain noise that cues a song or a drum, a drum beat when I go over speed bumps and all that stuff, so my mind is already so occupied by things pulling at me in every single direction. If I start thinking about presenting myself in a different way that's not natural, all of my artistic side of me suffers like dramatically from it. 
I love this. I love this conversation. Um, so authenticity sells. We go down that road. What, um, what got you to the voice? Can you give us a little bit of the journey, the spark? Like what made you think, first of all, how, yeah, how did the impetus come? Like how did you think, like, I shouldn't maybe do that? And then what were the steps that happened as much as you're able to share? Yeah, um, it's actually uh, we're, it kind of segues good out of the uh, personality and authenticity conversation because um, I've, 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 I've said it a number of times, even to a couple of the producers on The Voice, that I was actually a person that always said, I'm, I will never do that. Like, all of, if you're a singer, all of your family says, you should go on The Voice. You should go on American Idol. You should go on <laughs> this thing, that thing. And most of us, or not, not most of us, but guys like me, are like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. But the reason I would never do that is because the very first step is you have to go to the big cattle call. You have to go win your way into this thing by leaning on your personality to get in the door, and you have to come in, you have to wow whoever's there in comparison to thousands of other people. And first impression of me typically is not, wow, that guy's super fun to be around it's more like oh i think he doesn't i don't i don't think that guy actually wants to be here right why now. is he so upset he why is he so angry over there exactly <laughs> exactly i would walk in the room before i could sing they would be like you don't want to be here why are you here and i'd be like no i want to be here i just, I just can't wear it on my face so <laughs> that's the, the reason i said i would never do it however tying into the hard work side of things since i have been doing it for so long there's a lot of stuff out there on me related to high flight and related to typo and all of these things, the solo stuff that I've done. But not too long ago, I started doing some cover videos and stuff, doing a little bit more on YouTube. And um, honestly, I didn't even do that many because I, I'm in the trenches so much as a songwriter all the time. I just, I couldn't commit as long as I wanted to, but I got like six or seven out there and that coupled with high flight and disciple in my history, one of the voice scouts stumbled upon my YouTube found me and then found the stuff I'd done in the past and then gave me a call and asked me to come do, do the, basically gave me a call back without having to go to the cattle call thing. So I got to skip uh, that first big step. So, and honestly, even then when they called me, I was, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. Guys like me don't do well on TV shows. <laughs> of course, my wife proverbially slapped me across the face and told me I had to do it. So I did it. Good for her. Like, yeah. I'm buy her a cocktail next time I see her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's more more reasons than just the voice that she deserves rewards when it comes to my career. She's responsible for ninety percent of it. I love that you guys are you guys really are a great team. Um, so, okay, in in the school of law, when you're a lawyer and you have a witness on the stand, there's a a, a a statement that says it pays to heed. Don't ask a question unless you already know the answer. I think I know the answer to this, but maybe not. Like, what was the what was the uh, inspiration for for firing up on the YouTube? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. I don't know. Just some little birdie out of the wind came tweeted in my ear. <laughs> Not really. I was, I was listening to this, these these podunk guys that have this uh, this little podcast that has a um, very particular acronym. I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, but they inspired me. No, it was, I was listening to Climb, and uh, y'all were going through the uh, the YouTube thing, and I was like, you know what? You know, screw it, whatever. I'll sing some cover songs because. I was totally the guy that was like, no, nah, I write songs. I don't sing cover songs. I, I don't, I don't feel cover songs. And if I can't feel it, I'm not going to sing it. I was that guy. And, uh, after hearing a, a few explanations and things, y'all had to dive into why I was like, Oh, well the business side of me says that makes sense. So, so I'll do it. And it's funny because it got me on a show where I can only sing cover songs. So now <laughs> uh, you're glad, welcome. <laughs> glad, glad I got a few under my belt. <laughs> wow, man! I, and I gotta say, I have to say, Wilkes, you just crushed those. Like, not let's just we'll start with the the musicality of it and the way that you put your fingerprint on each of those cover songs. Cause it's when you got done with it, it sounded like it should be on a Wilkes record. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing back to authenticity again. Right. And, but yeah. you did something else that just really blew me away, which was you had a very artistic sort of visual thing going on as well with the super dark room and the one lamp, like shot across your face with the profile and man, dude, that was cool. Yeah. That was super cool. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, that goes. That all goes back to what Brent mentioned earlier as the uh, the initial hustle that I had to put into being a musician. I mean, when you're in a band with uh, four other guys and you can barely afford to put gas in your crappy 12 passenger van to get from here to the other side of the United States, you still have to have content. You have to have promo pictures. You have to have video. So eventually, I was like, you know what? We have to have this crap. I'm just going to learn how to do it. So. Taught myself how to do it in band. Yeah, 15 years later, I can I can do it better than I could then. But um, yeah, it's been it's that all links back to the the hustle. I've fully embraced um, every side of the music industry years ago. Um, the worst, the best, the best way to shoot yourself in the foot as a musician is to 
only be a musician. It's, um, yeah, it just doesn't work. You gotta, you gotta play the game. You gotta do the business. You gotta do the video. You gotta take the photos. You gotta put the lamp in the back corner because it's weird and have the weird lighting on your hair and, you know, all the stuff. And that's, I fully embraced all of that. I'm stealing that line. The best way to shoot yourself in the foot as a musician is to be only a musician. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> and, and just so, you know, anyone listen to this, it doesn't think, you know, thinks we're just, uh, you know, singing your praises now because, you know, you're, you're on the TV show. If you go back and just, just pepper throughout so many episodes, we've talked about this stuff. We've talked about you and what you've done on YouTube and some of that stuff. And we talked about in the climate community as well. So, you know, Hey, we're not just saying this now because <laughs> you're the, the pretty yeah, girl you at prom, guys, you know? You guys, definitely, you guys definitely are not jumping on the bandwagon. So there are, there's, let's just say the bandwagon is getting a lot longer these days. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys, you guys are in the front seat. You're not, you're not in the wagon with all the, uh, all the late bloomers. Best seat in the house. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, just, we just love that you're you know, putting, putting that stuff into action. Like you didn't, so many people, they would hear stuff and go, I need to do that, but it's not comfortable. It's not what I do. But that's the thing, man, you, you put grind in. And that's one thing I've noticed too, when, when Chad, you know, uh, made me aware of you and we started connecting over email and stuff. And, and as a lyricist, you know, I need, I need melody people, right? I'm not doing that. So you're the first person that, and I've tried it several times before. and was always very disappointed. I'd send lyric to someone who, you know, is a great writer and can write great melodies is like, Hey, yeah, send me some stuff. And I would never, ever get work back. And it's not because the lyrics aren't, yeah. aren't, you know, professional. Cause Hey, I kind of know what I'm doing. And, yeah. you know, but so many people, I think, well, the co-writer that's in the room takes precedence over the, the sheet of lyrics that Brent sent me that I'm going to have to go and woodshed on and work on, on by, by myself. That's going to feel more like work. And so just through other, you, know, whatever reasons, stuff never came back and so i was like oh my gosh we'll send something back and i'll dig it yeah i'm on this yeah yeah go ahead well i'm I'm just not i'm not one to um overlook overlook something worthy of being looked at so i'll at least look at any any option i ever get related to my music career if there's a if there's a an opportunity that comes up I'm at least going to look at it. And if I decide this isn't worthy of looking at, I'll look away. But if it's worth looking into, I will. So if somebody sends me a good lyric, I mean, being being in the room versus over email, a great lyric's a great lyric. So it would be, it'd be stupid. It'd be again, me shooting myself in the foot. If I just felt like I needed to play, play the game by the rules when I can, you know, hit the same, hit the same grand slam by playing by different rules. I mean, it's just, a great song is a great song and it's just um yeah i'm just constantly chasing songs and if one has to go through an email then i'll run down an email to get it right and i was assuming part of that is because you still live in georgia and so you weren't in nashville every day doing the thing and that's a whole nother conversation about you know making hay when you're not living in nash and a music center like nashville or new york or la so I was saying part of it was, well, he's just not coming up every day. So he's, you know, he's got his home studio and he's working. So thankfully I, I can be the co-writer in the room without being in the room, but talk so much about being an introvert. Is that part of embracing that too? Going, Oh man, I can, I don't have anyone staring me in the face while I'm trying to come up with a melody for this or, or put down drum pads or whatever. Is that something that's kind of made that more? Uh, yeah. 
Absolutely. That's um, I, lo- I love being in the room with people and writing and the, the magic of writing a song in the room and physically pulling it off the ceiling with the help of other guys. Like that's, that's a magical thing. However, mm-hmm. being the personality that I am again, if I can sit in the basement by myself in the dark and do things my way for as short of a period or as long of a period as I feel like it, then that makes me, that makes me comfortable. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't have anybody staring over me when I drag in some weird drum sound mm-hmm. and say, Oh, you remember this is, this is country music. So uh, <laughs> I probably use a different drum. I'm, I don't have to say, Trust me, there's a long road ahead on this demo. There's a long way to go. We're just on the surface. You can't be in my head. Like I don't have to have that conversation when mm-hmm. I'm at home. I can just make it and send it. And they're like, Oh, cool. They're not obsessing over the weird program whistle noise that I put in there. So um, <laughs> that definitely, definitely relates to my, my introverted personality and also my left of center approach that a lot of people don't really understand right out of the gate. So mm-hmm. uh, it definitely makes it easier, easier on me for sure. Cool. Yeah, because I'm seeing this thread of embracing who you are and what you do. And even if it's not what is perceived as the, what the mass of people in the music business are doing and how they approach things going, know what, this is my lane. This is how I'm going to do things. This is how I'm going to maximize my productivity and that cool stuff that makes me me. And it's going to work that way. And it's yeah. okay to work differently. And I think that's, I think that's, yeah, exactly. I just, I think yeah, I have, people like, you know, you know yourself better than anybody. So play to your own strength. So that's all I'm doing. There you go. With the with the videos, Wilkes, um, was there a discernible difference in number one how you felt, like how foreign it felt to you? Because you said just right off the bat, you kind of had to just make a mental push to say, All right, "I'm just going to do this because it makes sense to me." I'm going to try it. It feels a little foreign. It feels a little uncomfortable. I'm going to do it anyway because the business side of it made sense. So when you did that first cover yeah. video compared to you said you did about six to compared to the sixth one was there was there a discernible difference in number one how you felt about it and number two how long it took you to do it yeah definitely definitely um there was a discernible difference for sure because um right out of the gate i'm i'm not the kind of like i'm the kind of guy that when i go into meetings like even if i go into a meeting with dan my publisher with sony records the one thing he'll say every time when I get out is you really need to try to make eye contact when you're talking to them. And I'm always like, God, I can't can't do it. (laughs) Like when it comes to, and you would think a camera would be different, but for some reason when the camera's there and I'm thinking, okay, I know I I need to look at these people because it's just going to engage better. I have to look at the lens of the camera while I'm singing and awkwardly deliver an emotion into the camera at least sometimes. So that, that was the biggest hurdle is trying to be like, pretend that lens is your wife's eyeball and you feel comfortable doing this. But that was the big, the big uncomfortable side of it was that. And um, eventually that just went away. And I just, you know, by the sixth one, it was kind of uh, just, I just looked that way, you know, by default. However, even you might even go back and watch those and be like, you barely looked at the camera. Like you, you kind of blew that. However, for me, I looked at the camera a lot. My feeling comfortable ratio, I was I was pushing through the roof, even though it looks like I'm staring at the floor most of the time. 
um, as far as time goes, it, yeah, the sixth one went went a lot faster just because I knew exactly the angle I was going to set it up. I saved the pre, I saved the settings that I did, the manual setup on the camera, the shutter speed, the aperture. I saved all that stuff. I marked on the floor where I put the tripod. Uh, so that I could go in there, put the camera to those settings, stick the tripod in that spot, put my chair back where it was marked, and just sit down and play the song. So working through the song is a different story because I'm I'm a thousand percent a perfectionist and wouldn't let anything anything slide. So I would have to go through the song more than most people because I'm strange about it. But the actual setup and shooting, yeah, I got a lot faster. I was very particular about that. Yeah, you got into a groove. You just figured out what works, what didn't work. It was kind of trial and error. And then you're like, okay, this is the way I like it. And once you go through that little journey, then it's just, re- it's repeatable. It's very easily repeatable. And then the, the rest is just, to your point, just figuring out artistically, what do I want to do with this and crafting it to your satisfaction? Yeah, exactly. Also, it's, like, it's, like when you, it's like when you have your icons on your iPhone in a certain spot and you open up your phone and you just automatically hit Twitter by accident sometimes. That's, yeah. that's what it's memory. like. Yeah. Well, you walk into the studio and you just start setting stuff up for a video and, and then all of a sudden you're done. Yeah. yeah. And I think also having the settings the same, just you know, looking at the thumbnail on YouTube, your videos are going to be kind of uniform. And so it's, it's a lot easier for someone once they start digging what you do to find you because it's not looking radically different every time. They go, oh, red hair, lamp in the thing. There we go. Yeah, there's a hook. There's a visual hook there. Yeah, yeah. right. Very smart. Yeah, so, I, was, I was very very purposeful about making sure that that represented my personality too. So that when people when people saw that, you kind of see it and you think, oh, that's a little somber and kind of in the corner. Like, there you go. That's me. There's a, <laughs> that's that's a, me in the I corner. didn't think about it like that. But that's <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> That makes all the sense in the world, folks. <laughs> I, I, I think all you need to do is just get some strangers to sit in your studio everywhere but where the camera is. That way you look at the camera because it's either that or real eyeballs. I think that can really oh, genius. increase your... We can deal with it by, by pain. Like, what, What's more painful, looking in a stranger's eyes or looking at the camera? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so you, you get on the voice... And then tell us, talk us through like how you felt, like what was, talk us through the moment to, to where you got to be on Team Blake. Like, like your first performances, how were you feeling? Like, was it foreign? Was it weird? I know, I, I, I don't know you that as well as Brent does, but I know you well enough to know like the whole Hollywood thing creeps you out too. And you're just like, ah, I got to deal with this. And like, can you walk us through some of that, some of the emotions in that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the um, the original um, the original auditions to where I had to do the one that I got the call to go do basically was um, you go you go in a room and there's three producers in front of you or however many there were. I kind of black out when I go on stage, so I don't necessarily completely remember. But um, they're in there. I think maybe they're looking at their computer typing. Maybe they're looking directly at you with a mean face. Maybe they look stoked. Maybe they're dancing. Like it's it's a very strange setup as far as what I'm used to on a stage, which is walking out. Somebody says my name or something close to it. I walk out. People are expecting me to play a song and entertain them. And I do it as opposed to people typing and possibly notes about how horrible you are and how they're telling the producer in an email while you're singing the song, don't hire this guy. He's terrible. So 
Super weird. <laughs> You're so inside your own head, man. <laughs> I love you. Uh, no, <laughs> Luckily, the way that my brain works, as soon as I strum the first chord, my mind goes blank and I turn into somebody else. And then when the song ends, I come back to real life and then I'm, I'm like, oh, shoot, what happened? Did I do a good job? Or like, I, I don't know. But so especially for me, it was it was a little bit strange. But jump up to the blind audition when um, when Blake and Adam turned and, and that, that whole deal. That's by far the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life because I was on a stage and there was production. I knew what I was doing. I was prepared. There was people in the audience. They were cheering. However, there was these four giant red chairs with celebrities in them who all are incredible vocalists, and they were looking the other way. So that the most foreign thing I've ever experienced is looking at that and like, okay, I'm playing to people's back now, and they're famous. (laughs) But th- could that also play for you? Because you're like, oh, they're not looking right at me, judging me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was it was weird. But when once they honestly, I, I could say once they turned around, I felt better. But um, it's, like I said earlier, as soon as I step on stage to anything, I black out and I become the entertainer side of me. So I don't I don't really honestly remember it until the song is over. But felt good when I came to afterwards and saw. Saw him looking at me and smiling, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think I mean to your to your like we've we've had a a, a podcast episode. I've written a blog that's um, that's geared towards artists and songwriters. And it's like, what if the label or what if the publishing company says yes? Because a lot of people think like that's what they need. That's what they need, and they need it right now. And if they did that, everything would be great. But what I like for you is that. And I think that probably 99% of people that think they need that right now don't need it at all. In fact, they, they would be a curse if they got it. And for you, you, you might be one of the few artists who get an opportunity like you have right now to create a really big audience for yourself. And artistically, you know exactly what you're doing and you're not afraid to say no, right? You're not going to be put through the car wash. And so I'm, I'm so proud of you for that, man. I mean, I just, I I love your story. And I think that, um, I mean, Brent and I are over here, you know, we were cheering you just when you were doing the videos, right. And and you had the results from that, just even in subscriberships. I remember you, you had commented in the climb community that, that you, um, you know, you saw a, a market increase in the subscribers and, and we were just thrilled for that. This is, this is such a bonus and, it, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy and it couldn't happen to an artist who's more prepared to, uh, to, to really take the bull by the horns and, and know what they're doing. So good for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, the, the prepared side of it was very, uh, was very intentional. And uh, I actually, it's funny you say that people – People say they want a deal and they're not ready for it. I've actually signed three of those and I wasn't <laughs> ready for any of them. And uh, now finally there's, there's an opportunity happening and I, I feel like I'm, I'm ready for it this time. The first, the first few times when I didn't know who I was, my bands didn't know who we were. Um, it just, yeah, that, that's why we spent 12 years in the trenches instead of five is because we were just doing what we thought was going to work. It was a blast, but figuring out who you are while navigating A&R guys and publishers and 
publicist and all, and trying to tell the world who you are when you don't know what it is is impossible. And it it'll it'll, it'll make you tough. It'll make you t- take steps backwards faster than you'll take steps forward because you'll have something you have to go back and clear. And uh, but this time, yeah, this time I know exactly who I am. And if I if I go into this and at the end of the day they say this isn't right, I can say cool, totally fine because I am who I am. And if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. So that's fine. Yeah, you find out in advance instead of um, you know getting shelved on a label and not being able to do anything about it. You know. Which, which exactly. happens often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, unfortunately. That happened to you? <laughs> was that one of the three deals? <laughs> Without mentioning um, any names? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't happen exactly that way, but um, yeah, we, there was a situation where we wrote almost 70 songs for a 10-song record and never made the record. Ah. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But you know, the other two deals, they just ran out of money because the music industry went south and closed their doors. So I've experienced I all things. Throw, thing yeah, throw me, throw me a hurdle. And I'll tell you how I've jumped it in the past 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's killer. Um, Brent, what do you got to add here before we wrap this up? Uh, one thing for sure. Want people to know where they can find you. On, on social, website, all that good stuff so they can they can go and they can support Wilkes Music. And uh, if you want to just give us that so everyone can go and find you, that's that's the only other big thing I had. Of course, you know, you and I can talk for, and we do, ad nauseum about music business and all that stuff, but uh, we had to revisit that some other time. Yeah. Where can folks find you? Uh, well, I'm Wilkes Music across the board, so W-I-L-K-E-S, people forget the E a lot, but uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of it is Wilkes Music, and then WilkesMusic.com is my website. So, uh, yeah, basically, if you go Wilkes Music on any of the platforms, except for the ones I hate, like Snapchat, you're good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're getting their butts kicked right now by Instagram stories anyway, so you're good, you're good. (laughs) There you go. I'm all about the Instagram stories. Right on, man. Well, hey, Wilkes, thanks so much for, I know, like, you've got just endless days of press that you're doing. We are uh, grateful and honored to, to, to be a part of that and to call you a friend and to call you a climber. We're mm-hmm. proud to call you a climber. I mean, this is a feather in our cap for sure. We just, uh, we just couldn't be more excited for you, and we wish you the very, very mm-hmm. best on this show, man. I hope that you get exactly what you're looking for and i know that you know exactly what you're looking for i hope you get all that and then some thanks oh actually right quick uh you guys would punch me in the face if i didn't say this if you do go to wilksmusic.com the first page you go to there's a free download of a song on there my man no. <laughs> look at that i, I, I wonder like, what happens when you download it <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to find out. I know. I was Hercules, like, Hercules, I, that? Hercules. I, know. I was like, can he talk about that? Maybe yeah. I should set him up. I don't know if he can, you know, I don't know what he can talk about, what he can't, what he can promo, what he can't. So awesome. So Wilkes Music, there's yeah. an appreciation for people supporting you. You're giving away a free song. Absolutely. Go and by the, the way, go get I didn't a free write song. It. Search hard enough, you can find a free acoustic EP too, but it's, I buried it a little bit. You have to look for it. Mm-hmm. The least yeah, 
And that free song, by the way, is killer. I did not write on it, but I'm jealous. I wish I did, but it's it's really, really good song. And I do have one on the free EP, so it's worth looking for. So <laughs> That's true. Just go, just go click the free music tab on the, on the website. You'll find the Brent one. Oh, my God. I love that he said it. The, the download, the squeeze page is perfect. He's, oh, he is a well, climber. I love you. Yeah. So listen, speaking of that, by the way, uh, if you go to giftfromjohnny.com, I've, I've uh, recently taken the book off, the Twitter book off of there, and I replaced it with 21 biggest indie artist marketing mistakes. It's a, it's a killer PDF document that you can download absolutely free. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, just go to giftfromjohnny.com, download it, tell us where to send it. I think you can find that stuff pretty valuable. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I love hey, that. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, sir. Well, this no brings problem. us to the end of, a, of another Killer Climb episode. Again, share it if you like what you heard. If you think this kind of uh, information will be valuable to your compadres, make sure that they are aware of it. Join the Climb community on Facebook. We'll let you in. Uh, make sure that you leave a rating and review so that we look legit to people who are just sticking their toe in the water and subscribe to this podcast it exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and wilt we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.